the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are Golden Valley, your exclusive Twin Cities home for the Ramsey Show. Live weekday afternoons from 1 to 4. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A Ukrainian metals company has launched a project to provide steel bunkers for troops on the front lines. Workers at a Metinvest steel plant in central Ukraine work tirelessly to finish off a two-ton steel bunker for Ukraine soldiers. Metal worker Vitaly Yevchenko says the work is for a greater good. For the victory of Ukraine, the sooner the war ends, the better it will be. The bunkers have been made to help soldiers rest and stay protected during attacks. Petro Zuk, the project team manager, explains. Even if one group goes on a mission, the second group can rest. They can come in calmly and rest without thinking that something will fly in on them from above while they're sleeping. Each shelter needs to be buried about five feet underground and can hold up to six soldiers. I'm Karen Chamas. More on these stories at srnews.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD, and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange dog. Strange dog. We finally made it to campus. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. I, as I mentioned in the last hour of the show, if you missed it, of course, go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Sign up to be a VIP, because that's going to get you the podcast. And you can go back and listen to the first hour of the show where we, we, we talked about, about the pivoting of the Fed and more, more generally the, hard, the debate over hard landing versus soft landing versus are we going to land at all. Um, and, um, the answer to that, of course, being yes, of course you're going to land. What do you, what, what else could you do? Um, you know, at some point, at some point the economy will get to, at some point the economy is going to have a recession. All right. So let's, let's just, let's just be clear about that. But let's talk about something that's maybe a little more, little more, um, general because, as I mentioned, normally first Saturday, my brain is all set to do, my brain is all set to do jobs Saturday, and because February is a short month, it's been postponed a week. So we're going to do it. We're going to do jobs Saturday next week. I got some other. I got some other interesting stuff to talk about then too. But uh, um, I've got I've I've got a guest that I think is going to be fabulous for you as well. Um, but what I what I want to point out is in this hour is this debate over. ESG investing and thinking about what motivates businesses most mostly. Lead, uh, to lead off, there was an article in the there was an article in the uh, weekend in in last weekend's uh, uh, Wall Street Journal titled "Vanguard CEO Bucks the ESG Orthodoxy." Okay, so the CEO's name is Tim Buckley. By the way, if you're bucking the orthodoxy, having the last name Buckley sounds great. Um, and and he said and, and and he is was quoted in the Financial Times about ten days ago. Um, quote: Our research indicates that ESG investing does not have any advantage over broad-based investing. Matching word to deed, his comments came after he had withdrawn his firm from the $59 trillion Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative, an organization that is part of the $150 trillion United Nations-affiliated Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. Of course, Net Zero being Net Zero Emissions, um, uh, okay, greenhouse emissions, but... Uh, trying to help make the Paris Agreement. Um, Buckley claims the financial world, swept up in climate change fervor, can't make such commitments without reneging on its fiduciary duties. So, remember, right, Vanguard is the monster. It is the... It, it is either the first or second largest mutual fund 
act or asset manager in the world. Okay, um, he 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 says, look, and, and so and says, look, this is not going to really work. So, um, one thing that happens is right, of course, ESG funds, right? Okay, for environmental environmental social governance and governance funds basically funds that promote socially responsible goals and i'm going to use that in the most general sense possible and so when i say socially responsible or esg i mean them i mean them interchangeably i know okay don't don't send tweets and emails to me because i don't care the fact that that, that technically there are di- little differences in how they do that so to back up all the way to the, to the beginning of this, when I first started working in academia back in the late, it, it, by the late 80s, my first few years at St. Cloud State, I was invested into a defined benefit pension fund operated by the state of Minnesota. Um, by the late 80s, um, faculty at in the Minnesota State Colleges and Universities system, well, what's now Minnesota State Colleges and Universities, we weren't back in the late 80s. Minsky didn't exist until in the 90s. Um, we, were, we, were, we were compelled to change into um, a defined contribution plan that's operated by TIAA-CREF, which for teachers and particularly for university faculty is the, the CREF stands for College Retirement Equity Fund. That is the that is the number one pension manager or asset manager for pension plans, retirement plans for people in higher education. Okay, almost all of us have TIAA CREF. CREF has a series. The TIAA part is an annuity piece, and I'm just going to toss them to the side. No, I'm not thinking about them right now. In the in the set of funds that you could invest on CREF, there was always one listed called the Social Equity Account. And I had the ability to put money into the Social Equity Account. Now, even though I I have my my libertarian streak has been there for a long time, just as a matter of simple diversification. I thought to myself, well, maybe I would like a little bit of that in case the market is more favorable toward those types of funds and other types of funds. It was a mistake. Had I been more carefully reading Malkiel's, you know, random walk down Wall Street or some of the work that John Bogle, Buckley's predecessor um, uh, at, at Vanguard, uh had I been reading them more carefully, I'd realize that's probably not that's probably not understanding what that fund does well enough. I pulled out of it years and years and years ago. I said I don't want to put any more money in there. In fact, take my money out of there. Put that in. Put that into something that just more generally tracks the market. Because I, I will say I don't talk much about about investment here. But I, but I, I tend to really believe somebody like Bogle, who says basically, says, look, in investing, intelligent investors use low cost index funds, build a diversified 
portfolio, and they won't be foolish enough to think they can consistently outsmart the market. I don't. It's why you won't ever hear me talk about buying a particular stock. You won't hear ads on, I, I mean, I, you won't ever hear an ad from me promoting a particular financial manager telling you to invest in this or that. Why? Because I don't think, I, I, you can find any year someone who, who did better than the market. Even over 10 years, you might find a few that are out there, but that will tell you nothing about what you get in the next 10 years. Okay. So I, I'm long uh, you know, I, I, I'm a long believer in that. And that comes out in this piece from from Buckley. Compound on that, though, the fact that in the last year, what's the number one thing that's done really well? Markets generally have been kind of volatile, okay? And tech stocks, which were the darlings of, of the market for pretty much the last 15 years, or at least last 10 years, they fell by 30%. But if you had money in energy firms, holy cats, you did great. So it comes as no surprise that some folks now are going to look at their ESG investments and say, well, that really didn't do very well, did it? I think I should get out of that. Okay. Um, and, and, and ESG, which just says, I'm not going to diversify. I'm going to hold on to, I'm going to hold on to a set of stocks here, but here's a set of stocks that I've decided are not following ESG principles, and I'm simply not going to hold on to them, right? I'm not going to do that. And so here's the key point. Buckley says, look, I can only be I can only do my job as a fiduciary for my clients if I'm allowed to invest in all of the market all the markets that are out there. If I sign this to this commitment to 2050 net zero, I have a goal that stands in contradistinction to what my fiduciary duties are to, to my clients. And so I'm pulling out of that. Well, it has okay. As you might guess, it is it is um, people are spitting fire back at this anti ESG move by someone who's very important uh, in, in this world. Don't you know? It did not get a whole lot of play. I think in in the marketplace it, it, when if when the when the story about Buckley first came out, I first heard about it on a podcast that uh, the daily podcast that uh, Commentary Magazine does from Matt Continetti and uh, and, and John Podhoretz. And I, I was like, wow, okay, why didn't I hear about this story till now? Thank you for sharing that one with me. And so I went back, I read the piece, I, I read the piece that had been in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. And I then, then I hear what happens on the mar- in Congress where... Where it turns out, uh, Democrats on Wednesday, uh, including Joe Manchin and John Tester, um, voted with every Republican in the Senate um, to repudiate a Department of La- uh, Labor Department rule that would allow retirement fund managers to use worker savings, 
in pension funds, and particularly in defined benefit pension funds, for, for ESG investing. Okay. Um, as Manchin explained... The rule lets retirement pl- I'm reading from a Wall Street Journal editorial from from uh, from uh, yesterday. As Manchin explained, the rule lets retirement fund fiduciaries consider ESG factors and quote prior t- prioritizes politics over getting the best returns for millions of Americans' retirement investments. So the Biden rule, which had been put in place by the Labor Department, had reversed a Trump-era clarification of the 1974 Employee Retirement Income Security Act, or ERISA. And I know I've got listeners who spend a lot of time thinking about these things. So I'm explaining it for those folks who maybe don't spend all their lives in in, uh, fund management, Um, which required... Okay, the ERISA rule says required retirement plan fiduciaries to consider solely pecuniary factors that have a material effect on investment risk or return. ERISA is intended to prevent retirement funds from using savings for their own purposes. Now, go back to what I had said a moment ago that I had put money into a social account. But the point was, I was given a choice. I could put zero dollars into that or I could put all of my money into a social equity fund operated by the College Retirement Equity Fund, right, The by Tia Kreff. I could have put all my money in there. I chose to put a little bit in there. I didn't get a great return on it. I decided I didn't like that, and I I realized I wasn't actually helping my diversification of my portfolio by investing in it, so I, 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 I disinvested. I simply got out of that. It was my choice. For lots of for lots of workers, the money is going into those accounts and being used for ESG principles, but not being used with the permission of the person who put the money in. And that's the key point. If you didn't if didn't give permission to it, but it's being used for these political goals to show off, you know, I'm abiding by the Paris Accords, right? You're not meeting your fiduciary duty, and that's what Buckley was saying. So when we come back, I want to turn to, what, well, what is the duty of businesses? What is this come from? And in this, I'm going to rely on the voice of somebody from the past, from one Dr. Milton Friedman, coming up right after this on The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. The stock market is proving to be bumpy but resilient this year. 
You like seeing your account statements grow, but what does it really mean? How can you tell if you have enough or if you're on track? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll talk about how to look at your account values in terms of what it actually means to you in retirement. They'll share with you how your account values equate to retirement success or failure. Money Matters with Alan Mike, noon Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America... Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Colorectal cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello. I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. You could save up to 50% on water and salt costs with wet technology softeners from Commerce Water. And you'll notice softer skin and hair, too. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog now at Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. So here's the the thing, right? We want people to be able to compete, right? When I invested in TIA Craft, one of the things that I discovered was, okay, I get charged a fee, right? And as pointed out out in the article about uh, Vanguard and Buckley, the old line that... um, that uh, John Bogle used to use, investing, you get what you don't pay for. Meaning the lower the fee, the more money you're putting into the market to work for you. ESG funds, generally speaking, have higher fees. In fact, I don't know of one that has a lower fee. They are, they are quote-unquote, actively managed because in order to call yourself an ESG fund, you have to be on the lookout for particular companies that you decide are not behaving, you know, in a socially responsible way. Think about the fact that that uh, Tesla was a uh, was an ESG company until until Musk bought Twitter, and then it wasn't. Hmm. But this is the this this so the fiduciary duty aspect of this is that is that. If these funds are allowed to follow the Department of Labor rule, by default, 
a worker's pension can be invested in an ESG-compliant fund. Now, ERISA will mean, and I believe this is right, and I'm going to and I'm going to rely on my 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 uh, hive mind on Twitter here to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe all of them are required to have the ability for the worker to take their money out of the default fund into something that is something that maybe isn't ESG. And my advice to you is is you should make sure it's well diversified and then shop on and then shop on fees. If the lower fees would be would be what you're looking for. Okay? It's how I do it. Okay? But what I would do is is, is say, you know, look to see whether the the default if the default fee charged for the workers in retirement fund is higher than what's in some other place you sort of have to ask well why am i why am i by default being put into that higher fee fund would that qualify as one of those junk fees that president biden wants to eliminate that would seem a reasonable question but it gets i think more to a very a, a more basic point because where does this whole thing come from? When you hear people talk about ESG investing and, we, and, and the pushback being, but my fiduciary duty is to maximize the return on my, the return on my, uh, the return to my client who's putting money with me. Those conversations frequently end up going to, well, you just believe that, you just believe that, that old Freeman thing that uh, the, that the social responsibility of, uh, that the, the, the responsibility of corporations is just to maximize profits. It's like, it kind of depends, right? So I thought I'd dig back into the files, okay? Luckily, uh, Milton Friedman was a very much a public intellectual. Indeed, his own friends at the University of Chicago did not, some of them were disparaging of the fact that he tried to do so many things on TV, in public. They did not, if, if, you've, if you've tried to find anything about Milton Friedman at all uh, on YouTube, I'm sure you've landed on the, on the two times or was it three times? I think it was only two times. But more than once, he was on the Phil Donahue show. Okay, which, which for my long, younger listeners like, or like Spencer... You have no idea how big those shows were in the seventies, right? With, without there being, without there being the internet and cable in its infancy, most of us only had three or four channels we could watch, and the Phil Donahue show, the Merv Griffin show, the Mike Douglas show. Uh, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some some fun ones in that list. But these were shows that were supposed to be a studio audience and Donahue would do some interviewing on a stage and then walk around the audience let the audience ask questions to the guest. Milton Friedman did that more than once because he wanted his message getting out to a general public. He didn't want it to be put just in classrooms, in journal articles, in books, and maybe in a few talks on college campuses. He was trying to reach a wider audience. Um, 
What I what, but there has been a there's been an effort to save a bunch of that stuff besides Donahue, and what I found was a talk he gave at Cornell in, I want to say nineteen seventy seven. I'm I'm unclear on the year. I should go back and look, again, but he gives a talk in the seventies, at Cornell University, in New in upstate New York, uh, Ivy League school. And he's having this, he's there to talk and, and, and work with students to talk about the ideas that he has. This first little clip that I'm going to play for you was from a, from a Q&A he did with this student. It's, you can find it all over the Internet. Everyone has the student. The student was like maybe a res hall, a res, a, a res hall assistant or something. Uh, yeah, or orientation leader, I, I think is what his T-shirt said. Um, it, it's orange. Um, and I, I, it, it's, a, it's, it, it's amazing insofar as Friedman let him, you know, in, let him stand up and do, do a back and forth with him for about 20 minutes. But in part of the, he had quoted during his talk, at this particular talk, a, uh, a passage from, from, uh, uh, Henry David Thoreau, and the student's like, well, th- what did Thoreau, st-? you know, and the student tried to misquote Thoreau, and he corrects him and says this about, this is what Henry David Thoreau said, as read out of the book from, uh, from, I think this is, this is the wall, from Walden, um, and, but he says this, this is cut number five. If I knew for certain that a man was coming to my uh, I think we heard coming that we to my house with the conscious design of doing me good. I should run for my life. If someone wants to come to me and says with a sincere desire to do me good, I should run for my life. That's not Milton Friedman. That's Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> I've always found that fascinating. People do not understand, right? The idea being. Friedman used to have this this phrase this piece. I didn't cut this part up because I didn't think I'd have time to discuss it uh, too much. But just very briefly, he says there are four ways in which money gets spent, depending on whose money it is and on whom it's spent. We can spend our own money on ourselves. We can spend our own money on other people. We can spend other people's money on ourselves, and we can spend other people's money on other people. Of those four things. The one that's likely to be the least efficient is when we spend other people's money on other people. When we take funds that we have been collecting for a pension, other people's money, and we spend it on other things other than helping the person themselves, that's a problem. The fiduciary rules are meant to constrain other people from taking your money and helping other people rather than helping you. And those are the rules that are caught up in this, this Labor Department piece that the, that the Biden White House has said, passed by the House, passed by the Senate, bipartisanly in the Senate, with, with two Democrats supporting it, and now President Biden is saying, yeah, I'm going to veto that. I'm not good with that. Let's take a break here. We come back more from Milton Friedman on what is the social responsibility What is the responsibility of a corporation to society, and how do we decide that in a capitalist versus a socialist world? 
Well, gonna do a little deep dive on that after this. King Banyan Show, The Biz, fourteen forty. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123-800-504-1123-800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late-inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly. There were no hidden costs in their quotes and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only did they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely, we're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. Go to jtrroofinginc.com. That's jtrroofinginc.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening this morning. Um, It's my pleasure to bring you a little bit of Milton Friedman, and I I say that with all sincerity. Uh, I am a... I I have used uh, Friedman in the classroom, and I I admit, people say, well, you must get criticized for that at the university, don't you? By a few people, for sure. But also, I would say, 
most people recognize that there's going to be differences of opinion. And I've never had someone try to walk into my classroom and tell me I can't play um, a, a viewpoint that is different than theirs. And what I do instead is say, play your viewpoint. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. And my model for that is is Friedman himself. If I'm going to, at the end of the hour, I will have up on on our Twitter feed, pound KBRS, the entire 45 minute speech that that this comes from, so that you can see it. It's been up there. It's been viewed almost a million times um, um, uh, on YouTube uh, since it was posted back in 2012. You know, so about ten and a half years ago, and it is a it is a it is a credit to him that this is what he had always thought to do was I'm going to go talk to people who disagree with me and I'm going to try to persuade them that my views are the correct ones, right? So he is the title of the speech is is capitalism humane? And the short answer to that is it's neither humane or not humane. And socialism is neither humane nor not or or not humane. It's neither nor, excuse me, neither humane nor not humane. Instead, because because systems aren't humane. Human beings are humane. Individuals are. And individuals that express their own view individuals can express their humaneness their morality more completely and with more agency in a system that respects individual rights rather than one that does not and so that is the basis of the point he's trying to make let me let me reinforce that in his own words um, this again is from a, from the speech is capitalism humane delivered at Cornell uh, let's play this cut number six. So it's not, I'm not denying in the slightest the effect on all of us of the social institutions within which we operate, both on our values and our opportunity, on our opportunities. But I am only saying that a set of social institutions which stresses individual responsibility, which stresses the responsibility for the, of the individual given the kind of person he is, the kind of society in which he operates, to be responsible for himself is the kind of a society which is likely to have a much higher and more responsible moral climate than the kind of a society in which you stress the lack of responsibility of the individual for what happens to him. So, uh, notice it's not focused, and it's important that we focus not on intention, right? The intention of the social of, of that social social responsible investment is we mean to do good things with this. Our plans are good, and you can't deny that their plans are good. But because because of a number of features within an economy, the fact that economies are the result of emergent order. Not, not an intentional or conscious order, but the result of something that, that a system that is emergent, meaning it, it, it comes out of 
millions upon millions of individual actions, all of which are quite unpredictable. It's what we were talking about the last hour. We can't really predict the economy very well. I can't do that. We can't get the basics right of trying to forecast inflation. But somehow I'm supposed to be able to figure out the actions I need to take in 2023 to figure out how I can get to net zero global emissions in 2050. I'm smart enough to do that, but not this. I don't know. I, I have questions about that. But the more basic, but but the more basic point being made here is. Is, is this fundamental point that in a system where in a system where he, someone who is responsible for themselves and their own actions, that society is likely is more likely to arrive, not always, but more likely to arrive at um, a more uh, what he says a higher and more responsible moral climate, and that. That's that's a fun that that's the fundamental point of the entire speech. I want to play a couple other clips for you as well. I'm I'm scrolling down my my text to be sure I get to the right piece um, uh, to point out right the world he's describing is an ideal world. And so when people say, "But that's not re- that's not realistic," he quite agrees with you. In fact, play this cut number seven. As I say, the essence of a capitalist system in its pure form is that it is a system of cooperation without compulsion, of voluntary exchange, of free enterprise. Now, I hasten to add, no actual system conforms to that notion. In the actual world, you're always dealing with approximations, with more or less. In the actual world, you always have impediments and interferences to voluntary exchange. But the essential character of a capitalist system is that it relies on voluntary exchange. It, on voluntary exchange, on your agreeing with me that you will buy something from me that I, if I will pay you a certain amount for it. The problem of this rule is that there's a lack of agreement. And you say, well, yes, they can opt out. But we, we happen to know from behavioral economics that the choice to opt out of something is an impediment that leads some people not ever to do that. And so then the principle should be if we know that the default choice in a worker's retirement plan will be the one that some will accept simply by inaction, by not ever having a conscious, I agree to do this, but just simply, yeah, whatever. Then if you're trying to create a set of rules, what should be the set of rules that treat that person who doesn't pay attention to what's in their retirement plan? What treats them with the dignity of them as a human being? Is it, well, we know that you're a good person, so we know that you would want us to put the money into a socially responsible investment plan. Or is it, we're going to put the money in some place that charges you the least amount possible and gets you the market return, which is pretty good evidence to suggest we probably can't beat anyway. And if, But if you want to try to beat it, you just send us an email, tell us where you want to put the money. We'll be happy to do that for you. Which treats that person with more respect, with more dignity? Isn't that what's socially responsible? 
treating a human being with dignity, right? Respecting them as an individual. I, I that's what that's that's the case that Friedman's trying to make. Okay. Um, let me roll on to one last clip here. I have to scroll. I have to scroll myself down all the way to the bottom so I can get the text that I'm looking for here. Um, and, and 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 this this is this is the this is the last point he makes to this group. Um, and let's go ahead and just play it. Cut number eight. When you hear people objecting to the market or to capitalism, and you examine their objections, you will find that most of those objections are objections to freedom itself. What most people are objecting to is that the market gives people what the people want instead of what the person talking thinks the people ought to want. No more needs to be said. We'll take a break here. King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. The basics about financial literacy provides confidence in your investing decisions. Knowledge to make better decisions with or without an advisor empowers you to take control of your financial future. With the right skills, you are the best steward of your own money. Learn more today at a free in-center or virtual investing class at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410. Or go to learnwithota.com. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. The Ramsey Show. And your husband's going to step up and get a backbone and deal with this. 
because you're going to end up really further pissed at him if you don't. Yeah, you're going to end up losing your marriage over this. The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. King Daniel Show, The Biz 1440. Uh, that song just brings such peace to me, actually, for some reason. I don't know why, but I, it, it makes me smile every time. Thank you for playing that, Spencer, and thank you for, thank you for cutting up the, uh, the uh, Milton Friedman clips as well, and, and I hope you enjoyed them. Let me, let me, re- let me uh, sort of conclude the hour with a reflection on a story that uh, Scott Linsicum over at the Dispatch, he's... Uh, he he is um, a researcher, uh, does economics and trade research for the Cato Institute. Um, posted a piece. I th- must say it was Friday, yesterday, Friday. I think that's the date on this. But um, it was uh, it was about what happened in Europe from the from the Russia Ukraine war, and how it is. You and so his point is this: think about what we were talking about a year ago. So it's March 4th while I'm recording this this morning. A year ago at this time, I bet if you go back and listen to the listen to the archives from a year ago, we were talking about how god awful winter of 2022-23 would be in Europe because they had they had made all of these investments in two ways. One, they had they had received lots of gas shipments they they got energy shipped in from Russia that now in their desire to support Ukraine in the war they knew at some point Russia was going to cut them off and indeed the pipelines did get cut now you, we can argue and I've 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 said on the show weather has been kind to Europe this winter, this year drawing down the amount of energy that they had brought in place, they, that they had, right? Which was good because besides, the, uh, besides their, their dependence on Nord Stream, on the Nord Stream pipelines coming out of Europe, excuse me, coming out of Russia and Belarus and Ukraine, they had made tons of these socially responsible investments into wind energy and less into solar in Europe, but, but mostly in wind energy in places like, in places like Germany. And so there was a lot of concern in Germany about what are we going to do to have the energy to heat our homes, to produce the goods that Europeans depend on us to produce and export. How are we going to how are we going to satisfy all these demands? And 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 the papers in the springtime and through the summer were filled with with not just doom, but practically apocalyptic forecasts. Linsica makes the point that I think is really vital for us to understand. That 
a big part of the solution was investing in ways to wean them wean the german economy and other economies in the benelux countries off of russian gas to get them off nord stream so they don't need it anymore okay so why did that happen why did that happen you'll notice one thing they didn't do they didn't cap the price of oil and gas or energy to the energy producers. Now, in some places, like in the UK, there were plans under the short-lived Liz Truss uh, mini-budget to cap how much households and businesses would spend on energy. That probably was a, I won't say probably, that was a bad idea. Uh, for which I think the UK is there. But but in Germany, they didn't do that. And, and, and I follow Denmark because my daughter lives there. Um, they didn't do that. They did some things that, that, that would strike you as being kind of tough, like public buildings can't be above a certain temperature. Um, my, daughter, my daughter has these very heavy sweaters that she wears in her office, in, in, in her university office. Um, and she says, you know what? I had to get a second set of sweaters because... I can't really afford to turn the heat up in my home either. Um, but, but by and large, they built huge numbers of, of liquefied natural gas terminals that we were told would take years, took months instead. Lots of changes happened there. So I encourage you to, okay, so they're set to be the fourth largest liquefied natural gas import capacity in the world by the end of the 2020s. Only South Korea, China, and Japan would have more. Okay, so they have built LNG projects all over the place to try, they shifted that export. Prices rose. The cost of gas, even here in the United States, is higher because, because some of that's being diverted to Europe to attract higher prices there. Um, those things are those things are absolutely positively going to happen and continue to happen. But the important part is this: what really drove that, more or less, when prices rose. What happened was corporations saw it's in my interest to produce that. Remember where I started. One of the thing, reasons why people are getting out of ESG investing is they look at how much money energy companies made last year. And the pushback is those energy companies shouldn't be making all that money. That's terrible. Energy companies are, energy companies are boo. Yes, we don't like them. Right? Ask a German. Ask, a, ask the Dutch, ask the Danes, ask the Austrians. Do you like energy companies or not? Do you want energy in your home or not? Should we care that the reason the, that Germans and Danes and, and Belgians and Austrians didn't freeze this winter was because corporations were responding to private incentives and acting greedily? I want to play this little clip. Do you remember this? 
let's play let's play that extra clip. Uh, uh, Spencer. I am a liberator of them. The Go ahead. point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. All right, so... That's a caricature. That's Hollywood's vision of what the market is like. My point is, yeah, greed isn't greed is only good insofar as everything else might be worse. Compare that to Henry David Thoreau. And then look at the fact that those Germans are not freezing, have not frozen this winter, and they've not experienced nearly the disruptions as expected. And why was that true? Because corporations responded to the incentive that the capitalist system provided. Governments helped. Governments got out of the way. But there was that, in, that incentive is what led to that. So I want to think about that and ask yourself, in a world where everyone invested by ESG principles, would Germans be colder? Thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate you being here. Thank you for letting me uh, play a little Milton Friedman for you. We'll be back next week for Job Saturday here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The stock market is proving to be bumpy but resilient this year. You like seeing your account statements grow, but what does it really mean? How can you tell if you have enough or if you're on track? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll talk about how to look at your account values in terms of what it actually means to you in retirement. They'll share with you how your account values equate to retirement success or failure. Money Matters with Alan Mike, noon Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless, and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, Pro-Life ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. 
Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the... If you're wondering, what's the four... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.